What's going on guys? My name is Alden Nero and welcome to another episode of the Midnight Hour. Uh, today's guest is Miguel returning from the wilderness. Um, we have a wrestling podcast together as I'm sure you all know. The link for that will be in the description if anybody's interested. Um, this is a really really good episode. Um, like I had a whole lot of fun recording it. It's really funny. My head was sore from laughing afterwards and I just think that you will really enjoy this. Um, I don't really talk about like sports very often on the Midnight Hour, which is really strange considering the bulk of my listenership comes from the video game FIFA, so you're obviously keen football fans. And I think that this is like one of the rare episodes where we actually talk pretty in-depth about football and um, specifically like the eras of football from when we were growing up and stuff like that. So um, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, uh, it's really cool to be able to do stuff like this. I'm glad that I didn't like kill every single aspect of the podcast and that I can still upload semi-regularly from time to time and that people still listen. Like that's really cool. So thank you very much for all of the continued support. Um, there'll also be a link in the description to like the merch shop and all that stuff. If anyone is feeling particularly generous, um, I only get like 10% of the earnings, so I don't give a shit if you're planning on buying merch just to support me, I would say don't bother doing that because it's very expensive expensive it's just that it's um pretty like high quality stuff it, most of the t-shirts that i buy come from society six which is the website which i chose to host my uh, merch store so with that out of the way i launched a new youtube channel which may come as a huge surprise to all of you um i'm playing age of empires 2 all the time everybody knows this and i've just decided to make a whole channel um dedicated solely to that because I don't know what the hell I'm doing with my YouTube channel like I know it's it's pretty consistently dead and all that stuff um, but then there's weird things happen like I review 13 reasons why and it gets over a million views and, and that kind of thing so I kind of I have a couple of um, long-term projects in mind for my YouTube channel that are to do with pr like particular um, aspects or facets of media um, there's like a couple of album reviews I have planned that are going to be um, very different to anything that I've done before I think um, I just want to make a couple of videos explaining why I love certain albums and I don't really even care if no one ever watches it I just want to do it just to do it because there's that sort of creative urge that exists in me and um, I want to satisfy that somehow. And I just feel like it would be a bit of a mess if I was like, you know, one day here's a podcast about fucking um, sea creatures invading land. And then the next day there's an Age of Empires 2 video. And then the next day there's an album review. Like, it's just very strange. Um, and it's kind of, I don't know, I look at my YouTube channel sometimes and I filter it by... Um, most popular videos and it's just such a weird mesh of everything from like this 13 reasons why review and then it's like Leicester City career mode and then it's like Jaden Smith's top five tweets and then it's like nerve movie review I don't know it's just it's just it's a it's a really weird channel and I would never have imagined that it would go that way but um I spent the last few uh, well, I spent every single waking moment of my um, procrastination-filled work days during this quarantine period watching old Chris Smoove videos from, like, 2010. And, um, like, oh, man, like, I really, really loved watching those. And then I sort of watched a few of my own Modern Warfare videos to compare. And then I just sort of got that buzz, like, 
man it was so exciting to start a new youtube channel and like be part of like that little community that i was part of before i transitioned full-time to fifa um and it's just uh i don't know i, I kind of got that spark back a little bit and i was like ah oh, you know what i'm gonna make an age of empires 2 channel because I play this game all the time and all I would have to do really is just press record on my games and I would have a whole lot to do and say about it. Um, I know most of you probably don't play the game. In fact, I know most of you do not play the game. I know this for a fact, but I know that a few of you do. Um, so you might be interested in that. And I know that a few of you are probably open to the idea of getting interested in the game, which you can do from uh, my new channel. It will mostly be like, uh, live games I think but I have a couple of uh, strategy videos and things like that in mind I don't really see the point in me doing tutorials and videos and things because there are so many of those already on YouTube if you have any vested interest in the game but um, I don't know I just thought that I would tell you if anyone feels like <coughs> excuse me if anyone feels like dropping by to the new channel to show some support I would really really appreciate it because I'm currently on like 25 subscribers and it hashtag feels bad man um, so yeah that would be uh, that would be very nice of you if you could do that the link to that will be in the description but anyways enough pillow talk it's time to get on to today's episode which I hope you really enjoy um, I don't have time to actually edit a huge um, phenomenal beautiful motivational intro into this um, but I also feel really weird about the fact that I do these huge intros that are like really pretentious and stuff like that um, and no one ever comments on them at all or even mentions them <laughs> and now I'm like oh maybe I just won't do those anymore or maybe I will I don't know but I don't have time today the song that ends this episode is Akala's um, song you put a spell on me it's the only thing that I could think of that was somewhere close to the word curse that was either not a terrible song or heavily um, copyright protected because I was gonna use my curse by kill switch engage but um, that's a no-no. Blocked in 254 countries, apparently. Um, I don't want to sound like, you know, a fucking idiot. But I did not know that there were that many countries. If you were to ask me, like, gun to my head, how many countries is there? If you get the wrong answer, I'll kill you. You can have it correct to the nearest 10. I would say, like, 180, maybe. Um, but no, 254 is the number of countries. And that's just the number of countries that this song, that this video would be blocked in if I use this song. So, um... That shit cray. Anyways, uh, on to the episode. Miguel is, um, his link will be in the description to his Twitter and stuff like that. Um, when I say stuff like that, I mean just his Twitter. <laughs> I'm not going to link to like the man's Instagram or anything like that. But um, I, I just, I would encourage like all the people who only listen to this show if Jack and Lucemore are on it. Um, I would say like, just give this episode a listen. I think you'll really enjoy it. And I think um, myself and Miguel have come up with a few other ideas for episodes that are going to be really good and that i'm really excited to record so anyway that's it i'm done enjoy the episode i'll see you on the other side no power in the verse can stop me so i'm joined today by miguel miguel welcome back to the midnight hour how are you doing it's good to be here it's good to to make another appearance and you know not drop mad, the maddest shit it's nice well it yeah. is mad but not too yeah. mad as time traveling although it is uh, it's still gonna be pretty mad though from what i understand it's quite mad. I was just trying to... to, to, to... <laughs> <laughs> it's reasonably mad, yeah. I, I think... Um, yeah. Well, we'll get into it anyways. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, good. it's good to be back either way. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the listener... <laughs> 
Singular will definitely be happy that you're back as well. So uh, shout out to the listener. Very important. (laughs) You know who you are, Bradley. I just made that. I don't know what his name. I mean, there's more than one. Is is what I'm trying to say here. Um, so I believe we're going to talk about football curses, um, which is an excellent topic. I know a whole bunch of them. There's fuck. Shit. I just came up with that joke there, and I didn't. <laughs> I hadn't got that one planned. But um, I, <laughs> I read. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I read in um, in like a WhatsApp group. One of my friends saying something like. Uh, if the league is voided this year and Liverpool don't win the league, they're definitely just cursed. And um, it it got me thinking about how that might actually happen realistically. Like the Premier League might just call off this season because of the COVID nineteen. Like, do you think that's? Do you have any opinion either way about that potential thing? I, oh, it's just weird. Um, you, I mean, the weird thing is like. You could make a case that this year, for this to happen, or maybe the year that Man Man City won it with like twenty one points, or twenty one points clear of, of United, like this mm-hmm. is probably the year where you could do it. Of all yeah. the other years, because it's not a case of like there's three points. It's like what twenty one, twenty two, I think between now between Liverpool. And, I think they're about three games away from wrapping it up. The problem is, it's it's not so much at the top that you kind of get worried about who gets in trophies because. Those yeah, teams exactly. will probably get trophies next year, year after, year after, year after. It's at the other end of things. My my beloved Norwich, bottom of the league. Now, not saying they would have gotten out of the relegation zone, of course, but it also there's an argument to be made that they could. Yeah, absolutely. Like the the campaign that these teams prepare for is 38 games. Like at no stage are they like, yeah, by by game week 31 we expect to be <laughs> yeah. like on this many points. Like that's not how it works. It, like it's a it's a full campaign and it's either that or it's nothing. Like that's the way that I view it is that I don't really care about Liverpool and the title, but I think if the Premier League goes ahead and says, "Right, the season is wrapped up on this many games." Um, these teams are relegated, like, sorry, but that's just the way it is. I think they're going to have huge court cases on their hands. They're going to bleed lots of money. Um, if you think about the time that Tevez scored that goal that relegated Sheffield United, and then Sheffield United sued West Ham, and I forget how much money they were awarded, but I think it was, like, the cost of an expected transfer for Carlos Tevez. It was some, like, obscene amount of money. Yeah. Um, if you factor in Premier League TV deals, which is like hundreds of millions of pounds to every single club every season in the Premier League, and the fact that the way that the parachute payment system works is that if a team gets relegated from the Premier League and then they win the championship next season, they don't get the same prize money right, that yeah. um, another team does because they're deemed like stronger because of the fact they came from the Premier League, like slightly stronger squad. Um, mm. And so because of that, like, you can't fucking just relegate. Do you think Norwich are going to be like, oh, well, we're relegated. Uh, that's that. Like, Yeah, we'll just now begin in the championship like... and adjust to that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's hard yeah, it's as, as well. Um, if They're going to get sued for, like, a billion pounds by all these clubs if that's the way they do it. Like, I just, I, I think the yeah. only thing that makes any sense logistically is just void the league. Nothing mm. happens. We start over next season. I think that's the only way to, to get it done. Yeah, and you're also talking about people losing fitness to a point where... Yeah. It probably is going to take you, it's a little bit like a, a, an extended summer break, so you're going to have to have like weeks on top of weeks to even get back to normal fitness where you can play two, three times a week because if it comes back too soon and they're playing games behind closed doors because it's safe, okay, look, it's safe between all the people here have been tested, you'd still end yeah. up with the 
the thing where a lot of people would just be injured straight away because their bodies yeah. aren't used to then that impact and um it's the same on the other podcast that we have in which we cover pro wrestling like when people come back from long-term injuries they sometimes can get injured right away or hurt people because they're not used to the actual toll and it's the same for all sports um essential or non-essential wink wink yeah. um <laughs> so yeah yeah i, I another thing I, I i kind of thought of which would be to just have playoffs um so to have the bottom three for say the premier league and the top three of the championship um ah, play yeah. each Something other of a german league setup yeah where they, play like yeah. a little mini league Everyone yeah. plays each other once. The ones are the top three. They'll stay, uh, stay up or go up. The bottom three, they'll stay down or go down. And you can do the same kind of across um, the top four as well. Um, or you can do the same across... I mean, the, the I suppose it's the Champions League places, really, that you want to contest for. I don't think anyone's actively yeah. contesting for Europa League. Um, the the, the shocking the thing is... Effect. They're yeah. trying to not qualify for the Europa League. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 my favorite competition. We'll get into that later. Um, a certain team that I like has done quite well, but also quite shit in it. Um, yeah, I know, I know who you mean. If if, if you measure success by winning things, but um, <laughs> <laughs> if you measure success by being in the finals, that's ah, fucking sick. Um, yeah, yeah. But you, it, it's. I was watching. Um, there's like a YouTube video that popped up suggestions which was like an hour of like amazing matches compilations and it had all the usuals you'd expect um city versus qpr tottenham ix tottenham man city tottenham man city again yeah, <laughs> monaco yeah. basically it was pretty much within the last sort of 10 years anyways and then they showed the atletico um versus liverpool the the second leg and i looked up there's like didn't that happen like less than a month ago how the yeah. fuck were they still playing Especially with the yeah, situation in Spain, like, that that was unbelievable. Because everyone must have known that. Well, this this can't carry on. Like this is as far as it can get. It's very weird they even had the knockout stages for the for the for the um for the Champions League. I know it still appeals sponsors and TV rights probably and the slots to keep your yeah, slot at that like time at least... of the night. On the same night in Paris, um, Borussia Dortmund played PSG. At least they played that behind closed doors. Like, yeah, at least that's something you know. That that's like the le like yeah the least of that sort of type of situations. That was a bit a bit surreal. But you you could really put about ten cases forward of what people should do if they want to go through with with the sort of ending. You could be like, well, the 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 season they could do a thing where say for example the next season, um, it actually starts in January. And between now and the end of the year, we get to settle all these extra games, all these extra things. But then you're looking at the Euros being delayed, and they've got sponsors yeah. and money. And then you're looking at the the World Cup. Be, I, mean, I think the World Cup's going to be in January anyways this year, next year, yeah, if it yeah, happens. Yeah. Um, but you still be looking at adjustments being made for that, and then what happens after that. And so it's easier to null and void it. But I, yeah, I, I don't know if people always take the easy option, to be honest. There's one other reason um, to avoid it as well, which is that logistically, again, contracts are going to run out on the 30th of June. And if you can't have all the game weeks finalized by then, I think it turns the... I think it, it just... It's farcical because you can only have a squad of 25 players over the age of 21 in the Premier League. 
And yeah. um, if there are teams who are not going to be able to meet that quota because contracts expired, it just destroys the integrity of their entire campaign, in my opinion. Like, I just don't hmm. see how you can go ahead with that. And you could say something like, oh, well, they can they can offer a rolling contract for one week or whatever. Like, yeah, they could. But the clubs haven't put the money aside to pay these players for that length of time, right? Like, the contract is a contract. <laughs> hmm. this, these are the terms that they've signed up for. Like, it should, the onus shouldn't be on the club to have to shell out extra money just because of something like that. It's, um, to fulfill fixtures that they probably didn't want to play in the first place, yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Um, just I'm purely looking at it from um, a logistical standpoint. I cannot see a way that the league, that the FA, can avoid um, serious lawsuits and and bleeding mm. money. Uh, without just simply declaring it null and void and i may be wrong like who knows time will tell we may listen back to this in like two months and be like wow that guy didn't even know about the tree seashells uh, arrangement (laughs) i don't know the old old seashell arranger from 1913 that actually stands above contracts yeah the espionage act um no i I just (laughs) yeah i just think as well um uh, so William, William, for example, from Chelsea, he's already gone. He, he, he they just cut his contract because he's going to be out of contract in the end of the season. And wow, they... really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's gone. Jeez. So, so I think that um, if you if you then kind of present that case to a player where you're like, well, we can save up a lot of money by cutting your contract now, so you can start negotiating for the team you next want to play for instead of waiting for you to get paid every week to run down a contract. So. Next time you see Chelsea, even if it is this year, even if it is this season or counts of this season, they'll have a player missing. And, and that yeah. probably applies up and down to every team in every league just about. Um, just just don't do it. Like, look at Italy as well, how fucking scary it is in Spain and, and stuff yeah, like that. And it's just like they're talking about continuing it in June, July. And it usually takes players' action for this and teams not turning up. Now, I know the owner of Brescia... And they're the bottom of the of Syria. These already said like we're not going to fulfill the fixtures, so they're like, well, you're just going to lose three nil. And he's like, well, yeah, but like people, loads of people, like Brescia is one of the worst affected parts um, in Italy at least, and possibly in Europe. And it, he kind of arguing, being like, it's happening now. It's not like it's a thing. Oh, remember the war? Oh my God, yeah, that was horrible. But that's now been over for two years. Like the the, the remain, you know, we survived it. It's just like this thing's happening right now and you're asking people to kind of put that aside and be like go out there and really play down that 442 whilst you know your your people that you know have literally died it, so, yeah, so yeah. it's yeah it's probably a better argument to to make to shut it down the sad thing is maybe it'll be a thing where it's just like liverpool will never win a title again and this was their year and it was just like boop gone just like that cursed cursed if you will um <laughs> Yeah, which is obviously brings us to, to, to this topic, right? Foot, footy yes. curses. Um, so tell us. Tell us some footy curses. I, I won't even tell you footy curses. I mean, I will tell you footy curses, but I will tell you first, why is it that curses exist? Question. Do curses have a rational explanation? Answer. Uh, <laughs> yes. And no. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, they definitely have to on some, like... Are they real? Like, no, but, like, is there definitely, like, a, a mentality that goes into understand? Like, yeah, definitely. There's, there's a process of, 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 of thinking, I guess. Um, it's, it's like how Jerry Lawler could just never beat Bret Hart, you know? Yeah. Because he was cursed. It's just, the psychology wasn't there. He didn't have the, the, 
the deep, the deeper knowledge of things. Um, there's a psychologist, yeah. da- Daniel Kahneman, um, probably pronouncing that wrong, and he put a kind of a theory forward on the two distinct distinct modes of decision making. So you have one system, which is the automatic system, and the unconscious one, which is kind of uh, I don't know. You don't really think about which mug you're going to drink coffee out of. You just think, I need to pour this hot water so it doesn't fall straight on the floor. Um, But you don't think, I want the blue mug, I want the green mug, I want the red glass. If you're really hungry or thirsty, you just kind of grab what's there and you're like, well, this is a mug, it will do. I'm just drinking out of it. Um, And then there's other processes which in your brain, which is kind of more controlled, um, which is kind of built around rational thought. Went across the road, um, putting furniture together is one. Um, when, when you go to an area you haven't lived in, you need to go to a certain address or a certain part, you're very methodical, you get this bus, get this train, go here, say this, and pick up this. Um, so, yeah, for the most part, um, as far as human behavior goes, as advanced as we are, we do generally operate on the first system. So if I get up right now and I go outside to put the bins out, it's not really like a methodical, like, right, step, bag door keys bin clothes like you just do wouldn't you You just yeah yeah you you wouldn't break it down to like now it's time to pick it up and now it's time to talk two steps um so but the system would then change it'll become secondary if someone else was helping you take out the bins you'd break it down a little bit more. Right, you get this side. Okay, this bag's particularly full. By the way, I haven't taken out my bin, and I think today's the day they're picking it up. So that's why the the references to the bin are coming. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, I brought mine back in today, and uh, Good I man. have, like, a, a lot of anxiety because my, 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 the estate that I live in is, like, there are lots of families and stuff here. There's always, like, kids running around, and um, there's, like, one family in particular that's always sitting outside at their balcony, and um, when you were like, yeah, you don't think about it that much. You just do all the stuff. Like with my anxiety, I think about every single fucking aspect of this while I'm walking past and this family is looking and I'm like, all right, I'm not but transmitting again, the coronavirus to your kids. I'm just <laughs> going to get the thing. And... But that's the secondary logic because now you're in, there's other people involved in that process. Oh, yeah. Very true, actually. Yeah. So, but so even, now yeah, you... even like they're impartial observers, but they're still like yeah. relevant entirely to what I'm doing. To the yeah. action. It... Right. Exactly. Whereas, for example, yeah. if you know no one's down the street, you've had a look outside and you see no one, no one, no one. You might still think there's someone watching you. So you might be like, maybe I won't just scream for no reason while I'm putting out the bins. Ah! Like, because <laughs> just in case someone's <laughs> listening, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the same as, for example, if you if you get a cup of water, you don't measure how much water you're going to be put in the cup. You're going to put an amount or you don't. But if someone else asked you for water, you'd be looking at the glass and going, yeah, they probably want this glass and I'll fill it up quite highly, you know, so you don't you don't give them yeah. like a third of water because half the water's bounced the fuck out. Um, it's it's kind of like what the, the rationale behind curses and not curses. So curses can give chaos meaning. You know, it's like you get those people that see Jesus on their toast or Tyson Fury on their socks or, um, I don't know, (laughs) Pinochet in their bowl of cereal. Um, So All the cliches. (laughs) All the cliches, you know, Saddam Hussein in your fucking steak, you know. Every time I have a steak, I'm always (laughs) looking for his big fucking mustache. 
Stone Cold uh, Steve Austin on your cup of tea. Like it's it it yeah. We all, we've all had these things happen. Because um, for example, there is I saw a thing on 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 Facebook um, which are people posting um, the Karens, if you will, of the world. Um, look at me, I'm relevant. I know the memes, but yeah. Um, Dude, I actually have a side anecdote about the Karens of the world. If you're at all interested, but I, um, I I am I am. Let's just get this out of the way, man, and then we'll mm-hmm. get to the juicy, the juicy. <laughs> then we'll get to the Karen, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and get to the Karens. But um, there was like a thing which was like uh, in the 1920s uh, there was this thing, and then in in the 1820s it was this thing, and the 1720s is this thing, and um, people go, well, look at that. See, the 20s is just a cursed decade. Every every single you know hundred century. But the thing is, you're not taking into account like the 300 million centuries that precede that. Yeah, yeah. Where it just so happened that no one took, um, no one took any notice of, of a consistent thing happening around the time, and time is made up anyways, so it's it's humanly made. But um, tell me about the Karen. <laughs> it's it's also like when um, you know, if something bad happens on Friday the 13th, people are like, ah, it's because it's Friday the 13th. But like. Bad stuff happens to you all the time, Jimmy. It's not just yeah. because of the fucking day that it is. It's just this time you happen to have something else to ascribe it to. But, like, bad news, buddy. It's because you're a very unlucky kind of guy and shit just happens to you anyway. Yeah. You know? Would you have not fallen over if it wasn't Friday the 13th? Well, how would you know? Because you can never take that moment back. All you have is the data that's presented in front of you. It's Friday the 13th. I fell over and, you know... I somehow ended up falling and down a pile of fucking mud, and now look at how how unlucky am I, you know? Checkmate, atheist. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your god now? <laughs> but um, yeah, tell me about the Karen though. Oh, it's just it's just it just so happened that this was on the one fucking day that everyone has been talking about the Karen shenanigans. But um, I I work for a fund management company and I'm dealing with this one fund that has retail investors, which means that they're individuals as opposed to companies. Like instead of Bank of New York, their shareholder is like John Smith from down the road. And um, there's this one shareholder who's trying to change her address and she sends her fucking change of address form in on Thursday, right? Then there's Good Friday, bank holiday. Then there's Saturday. Then there's Sunday. Then there's Easter Monday, bank holiday. She emails on Tuesday and she goes, how long is this taking? This is unacceptable. And I'm just like, (laughs) I'm so fucking annoyed because like, this is a woman who has no fucking idea how long it takes a fund management company to change the details of its fucking investors. It's not <laughs> like you it's not like you type in some fucking digits into a computer and press return and then it's done. Like there's all sorts of fucking there's like um there's tax implications, new tax requirements every time you do that. There's a whole new set of like anti-money laundering conditions that you need to... Like It's like a serious fucking deal. You have to do a full screening on this person um, to make sure that they're not in, in breach of any compliance regulations and stuff like that. And she just thinks... She has the fucking audacity to say, this is unacceptable. Like, you have... Listen, Karen, you're in no fucking position <laughs> to deem something acceptable or unacceptable. You have no fucking idea what it is to be unacceptable in this industry like oh you are not in control like this isn't your battle to to pick up yeah it's it's... yeah this it's not like that you know that that sort of like she's in the age group of people where like and i'm sorry to this is like super generalizing what i'm about to say but like 
people who are sort of 60s and above are very entitled about things because they have notions about how the world should be and the world is simpler in their day and like blah 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 and like there's right. all these conditions that that contribute to it but like that's that's her thing she's just like this is unacceptable it's like you're an investor in a fund that I look after. This isn't McDonald's where you're yeah. the customer and you're always right. You're not the customer at all. I don't have to fucking do anything that you say and you can complain all you want. It still doesn't fucking matter. Like, all of this shit still applies to you. But, like, she <laughs> thinks that, like, oh, the louder I kick and bang, the more attention I'll get. It's not like that at all. Like, oh, man, it just triggers the yeah. fuck out of me that these I... people come with these kinds of queries all the time. You, you but, yeah, get her that. name happened to be Karen. So, <laughs> so you were living up to your name. No, that's, that's, that's why she lived up to the name isn't it um yeah exactly yeah. I, I think people just get this maybe it's worked for her before and you get this this weird entitlement like i think i i have i had it in my role as well where um someone says yeah. something and it's so it's not disrespectful because it's not personal but it, it just hits that little nerve spot where you're just like hey you know what fuck you how can you not know that things don't happen this quickly or yeah you know it, it, people have been off work or on holiday or, or this and that and it's just like the so either they know and they're just kind of steamrolling over and they're going well if i if i say it's unacceptable that is like a trigger word for them to change something or um genuinely that entitled um frankie boyle tweeted out he said that like the the annoying part is that like every person who's over a certain age thinks they fought in world war ii <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. they, they didn't it's just survive ridiculous. it or, or be like, through it. It's like they fought it as if it was like your generation soft. It's like you weren't in the war. Like, yeah, you were alive yeah. during it, but you weren't in it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, you get this. Um, hopefully, this generation, I really hope that people kind of don't take it as like, when I was your age, I had to be locked in watching Netflix for six weeks, you prick. Look at you now. I'm all sure this... it will. Yeah, I think like, people use it as a weapon of, of entitlement. It's, hu it's human nature to just, like, when things change around you, it's human nature to be like, oh, I, I don't actually like this change. It was easier before. And then you just simplify the reasons. And then before you know it, you're just one of those people that's like, oh, back in my day, we fucking went to school in the snow fighting the dinosaurs and Nazis <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, life was pretty okay. And then, you know, 9-11 happened. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I couldn't really follow my dreams anymore. And it's just like... Yeah. Were you in America? Like, do you remember? Um, oh my God! Sorry, this just brought me back. Sorry, side tangent, pillow talk time. Um, <laughs> do you remember um, Re Rescue Me when when Lieutenant uh, Lou, what's his name? Um, uh, Ken Shea. Oh Shea, yeah, Ken Shea, yeah. Kenny, he, Kenny, yeah. Kenny Boy. Um, he goes down. So it's a it's a TV show about firefighters, and obviously it just came out after nine eleven. Everyone knows that. Why am I even explaining where Rescue Me is? Come on. Um, but yes, there's the best episode. TV show of all time there you, ever. There you go. Um, all all 300 people on the subreddit say so. So um, yeah, yeah. that subreddit should be bigger. But side note. But anyways, um, he goes to like a 9/11 um, survivors like uh, meeting, like an AA meeting type thing, and he's like talking, and he's like, "Yeah, I went through it. I was there. I saw people I knew die get shot." And the guy next to him, he's like. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. And he's like, "Oh, w w were you there? Like, did you have any friends?" Like, "No, no, I was just watching it on TV, really." And he's mm -hmm. like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, your that's it. That that's your relation." And obviously, you can't really put a sort of weight, a monopoly on pain, you know. But at the same time, yeah. it was like, "Listen, you, 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 I was fucking there, and you weren't there." So, um, I don't know. Hopefully, yeah. attitudes will be will be nicer. But, um, 
Sorry. Um, yeah, back <laughs> back to curses. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah. I, there's there's a, a well known sort of curse in, in 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 mythology, for example, which is that um, if you went into a pharaoh's tomb and you opened it, um, it would mean that you're cursed. So if anything happened to any archaeologist during any expeditions where they go anywhere that there's the tomb or, or anything, you can just be like, well, that's the curse, isn't it? Yep. Because it's confirmation bias, but it's also, it's logically inconsistent, but you're not taking all the facts in the history of time to kind of make that decision there and then. Um, movies are known as being cursed. I think it's like the uh, Omen poltergeist there's probably others uh, the excess that they're quite known for being cursed movies aren't they yeah there's also one movie and i wish i actually fucking researched this i didn't know that we were going to talk about every single other thing in the world sorry, <laughs> should sorry. have because we always do no it's not your fault um it's nobody's fault it's not bad it's just um just life is this movie that's like it's his <laughs> life unfortunately <laughs> um there's this movie that's like based in i think alaska or something like that and they've been trying to get it made since like the early 90s but like the lead cast member keeps on dying or having some horrible accent accident or some accent accent <laughs> hello like, no, get out guy. fuck off yeah. <laughs> i am from alaska <laughs> hey uh, papa di booby alaska and he's like jog on jog on mate <laughs> Um, but yeah, this, I, I wish I, I wish I could remember the fucking. I wonder if I like Google Alaska movie curse death. Um, so it's literally every time they cast the main actor in it, something freaky happens to him, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, wow. exactly. It's um, the curse of Atuk, a Hollywood script that has killed six actors. Um, uh, blah blah blah. Uh, yeah, maybe that we can do that another time. Maybe we can do real life curses instead of uh, movie ones or fucking uh, football ones. But yeah, <laughs> anyway, football one. But that's interesting because then um, that headline implies that the, the script is out killing people. But you could just as easily write and say uh, actors who go for this script have all died. That's, yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. sad. Maybe we should probably look at hiring other younger people older people i don't know um but yeah um another recent example also of, of kind of a cursed thing was the momo challenge do you remember that the little mm. it was like a little creepy sort of long face that would appear yeah. on kids shows and they'll be like kill yourself yeah, and yeah. have some dinner i don't know um it just said like, <laughs> in that order <laughs> that's the trick um, um, but yeah, it, I remember this. It's like a weird Japanese kind of anime-looking thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like a sculpture that like an artist did, and it looks. It's like a big, big yeah. elongated face. It's nothing to do with it. But obviously, like people were seeing the videos, and it was like, oh my god, don't click on that. That'll bring you a curse. Um, it's it's a hoax that became a subculture curse, which then exploded into the mainstream, and at no point was the evidence of reality ever kind of you know considered it was just like well this is shit and fucked up and it, we shouldn't see it um but yeah um so let, let's should i start going through the curses anyways um i picked five um i was we were originally gonna do a little bit more than that but maybe if this goes down well we might do the other five um, yeah, i thought just do idea. five for now and kind of split it um 
and and but but these are the best ones. Not gonna lie. <laughs> oh, the other the other like because there's a lot of curses. But as you go down, it'll be like this guy when he takes a penalty kick in the second half after he's headed the ball to the back of the net, he never scores. And it's a bit like, <laughs> well, it's it, yeah, it is cursed, I suppose. But it's not a curse because it's not like. He'll score the next week and then the week after that. Um, These footballers, every time they have a heart attack, they die. Isn't that crazy? Look at this list of footballers that are all dead. Man, there's like this curse on Sergio Ramos. Every time he does something fucking despicable on the pitch, he just gets a red card. He's so cursed. You know, he's at 49 (laughs) this year or his whole (laughs) career. He's he's my favorite footballer of all time, quite possibly. He he lives. It's it's astonishing someone can achieve so much and be such a dickhead at the exact same time. He's but like, also be like actually a fucking phenomenal player. <laughs> like, yeah, the, you could make compilations of how fucking batshit insane he is. But like he is fucking undeniably like one of the best defenders that Real Madrid his, have had for a very his like clutch you know, goals are just like his headers are on a different level. And like, yeah. I love the fact that like him and Pepe used to be central uh, defense for like ten years, and they won everything. Two fucking nutcases. And it was just like I suppose it was that thing where you're like people assume they're such nutcases that like when they did things well, it was just like oh my god they haven't punched anyone or killed anyone. Amazing, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, incredible defender. But um, yeah, I thought to start off with um, one a little bit close to home. Uh, the manager of um, Scotland. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> um, we all know that you're Dutch, mate. Give it up. Yeah, my my Dutch, the Dutch rather curse. Now, um, <laughs> there's um, th- people have probably known this because I think it, this one gets floated around quite a lot in the lore of of footy curses. Is the Bella Gutman curse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this is the one that like when I think of football curses, I'm like familiar with it's this. They won. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Uh, so you know, full disclosure, I am a Benfica supporter, um, and have been since I can remember having like genuine thoughts, and that's my curse. Mm. That's my personal curse. <laughs> that's the one I signed up for. But um, so um, at Bella Gutman arrives at Benfica, um, sort of in in the in the mid to early sixties. Um, he does things like he decimates the A team and promotes the youth team. Young players, like players are being scouted recently. He manages to sign Eusebio. Um, and he was one of those managers that had like the classic rule of never spend two, more than two seasons at a club. I think either he came up with that or like he was one of the first people to kind of say it openly. Um, mm-hmm. He used to say the third season is fatal. He didn't die at the end of the third season, so that's good. Um so, Maybe that's only a Portuguese thing, because the third yeah. season is definitely fatal for uh, Mr. Mourinho. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's like, um, and isn't that linked to TV shows as well? Like, a lot of people that make, like, The Office, um, was it Monty Python, and, like, certain TV shows only run for two series, because they're like, oh, yeah, true. there's that little rule that Ricky Gervais has, like, you shouldn't do a third, because you might, I don't know if he does it, done it since, but you shouldn't, because... The, the goal is usually the first one, which the idea, and the second one when the idea comes to fruition because you know what you're doing, and then it's like, well, let's move on to the next thing. But um, but then you can point out about a million things that have gone on longer, but there you go. So um, during his time at Benfica, he won a second, uh, well, European title, I suppose it was then. He won a Champions League, uh, second Champions League in his third season at the club. Uh, at the time, Real Madrid were kind of like the, the kings of Europe, 
Um, they, <laughs> what I, a crazy time that yeah, was. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fuck seeing that shit ever again. Like, it just didn't happen. <laughs> just didn't take off. Um, so they, they they beat Madrid um, in one of the finals. I think the finals they beat Inter or something. Um, so basically, like Benfica were literally on top of the, the footballing sort of well, well continent at least. Um, so it, in this, he wins the second uh, champion. I want to call it Champions League because I don't want to call it a uh, European title because I don't want to think that they won like the Euros. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just gonna call it's it Champions like, uh, League. There's gonna be like some fucking sixty year old who downloads this and he's like, "It's not the Champions League. It it's wasn't the fucking Euros." It was the cup winners' cup, you bastards. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, he Bella Goodman then kind of goes to the, to the board and he's like, "Well, I'd like a raise," and they were like, just denied it. It was completely flatly denied. They were like, "No, nah, fucking that's that's like something that happens in Football Manager," and you're like, "This game is fucking ridiculous." Yeah, or like you get that on on the old PES games as well, where it was like. A guy who's like a 60 overall, he's like, well, I, I need some game time because I need to play more. And you're like, who the fuck are you? Um, <laughs> just, yeah, just completely like turned that. It was like, yeah, I've won two, two, um, two European, you know, two European trophies. Like, how about a raise? Nah, dude, don't think so. <laughs> um, but then there is speculation that like he was already earning bonuses. Mm. on top of like so if you win a title you get a bonus if you if you reach a certain amount of points you get a bonus like you get this all the time now in football like if a certain player has a certain amount of appearances it triggers something in the contract or a certain amount of goals mm-hmm. in the season if it's like a loan deal they have to pay the, the parent club even if it's not a loan deal um so on his way out he, he's obviously furious and he says in the next hundred years no portuguese team will win two european titles and benfica will never be champions without me and that's paraphrased but that's like the most accurate one i could find mm-hmm. um so obviously at this point they've just been crowned european champions for the second time champions league champions champions league champions champions league winners for the second time um so it's a pretty bold thing to say yeah um and the, you know, the 55 years they've gone, or 56 now, I guess, they've gone since, Benfica have won exactly zero <laughs> European titles. Um, they, he said no Portuguese team would win two European titles. Like, well, he, Porto did win it in, like, uh, 87 and 2004, and then they also won two European Cups, but nothing back-to-back. And, and I suppose that has more to do with modern football. So um, Benfica's record in finals from then on was in the UEFA Cup. They lost in 1983 to Anderlecht. 2013 in the Europa League, they lost to Chelsea. 2014, lost to Seville. 1988 Champions League final, they lost to PSV. And in 1989, um, yeah, 1989, they lost to Milan, um, 1-0. Um, so that's one, two, three, four, five finals and no Ws. Um, so uh, as far as this being a curse, um, it was believed and it was like floated around the final with Milan in 1989, the point where a retired Eusebio, old man Eusebio, went to Bella Goodman's grave to beg for the curse to be lifted. 
Like <laughs> And this this his ghost was like, lol, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it does say a hundred years, so you can get fucked for another fifty, yeah. okay? Yeah. Um so yeah, look forward to Benfica being the Europa champions come twenty sixty two, which would be sick. Um I can't wait. Dude, if now. I was the if I was the owner of Benfica in like two thousand and eleven I would have just fucking cut the guy's family, like whatever family he has left. I would have just given them like such a huge check and said, "Here, this is the bonus that your dearly beloved deserved." Yeah. Now please talk to him and get him to fucking <laughs> fix this. <laughs> um. Yeah, but the weird thing is, it's like, um, it's obviously up being old enough to watch two of the finals in in uh, earlier in this decade. Um, like they didn't not win because they were cursed there wasn't any sort of moments where it was like oh they hit the post there and you know there's just something above that's kind of against us you know things are lining Penalty up got that saved way. by a pharaoh all those kinds of things yeah yeah the, i mean during the penalties against seville there was an argument that the seville goalkeeper was like off his mark before the penalty was taken but i feel yeah. like that's a that's a gripe for the ref it's not a gripe for bella goodman and the fucking dead gods you know and the Greek gods, but um, yeah, that's probably like the most famous curse in football. Um, I I couldn't sit here and be like they might not win it because of it, because I don't think Portuguese football's at a level where it could be anywhere near your Germany, your your France's, your Spain's, and your England's. But like, um, so we could go a hundred years without seeing that a Portuguese winner. So he was kind of right, but mm. it's it's um. The curse isn't the problem. It's the fear of the curse that's the problem. Yeah. I don't want to lose because I'll add to this curse, as opposed to I don't want to lose because we don't want to lose. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's the. Yeah. Um, what would you make of that one then? Do you think that there's any weight to the actual, you know, the idea of a curse kind of affecting people, or do you think it's more like, well, Portuguese football is just not at the level that it it was ever. <laughs> I kind of do. Um, I, I like. I think some of it has to come down to belief. Um, like I see, you know, having supported like uh, Celtic over the years, uh, and also like the Ireland national team. Um, when I see the way that these teams, like if Ireland are playing against Germany or something, it's so apparent that Ireland just can't pass the ball. But even if Ireland are playing like a team who traditionally would be on a very similar level of ability as Ireland, like let's say Poland, the way the Polish players kick yeah, the ball, I was and thinking just more like a. Just... Sorry, I was thinking more like an Andorra, you know, just being. Oh. More... <laughs> 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 just, <Yep>. You know. <laughs> Fucking, you want to go down the list of times that <laughs> Ireland have played Portugal in our lifetime and how that fucking uh, favors Ireland with the results, um, Miguel? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think so. No. no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I, I don't know if I do either. But uh, I, I know that I have some scary shit I've, underneath these stats, right? I've been to games where Ireland have beaten Portugal. I've been there in the stadium multiple times. So. I, I, off the top of my head, I, I can think that Eng uh, Portugal played Ireland in the 2002 qualifiers. Yeah, that's right. And what happened there? They both went, but Ireland, yeah. I believe, won one of the games. And the other one, I think they, they like scraped a draw. I'm not Googling this. This isn't me being like, ha-ha. Scraped um, a draw, yeah. 
Yeah. The, you know, the old, uh, we're winning 2-0, then Portugal scored quite late. Yeah, scraped yeah. the draw for Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lucky. But, sorry, yeah, when you're playing, like, a, yeah, Poland or, like, say, in a World Cup, it would be, like, your sort of B to C level country teams, right? Mm, yeah, well, I think, like, Ireland just don't hold on to the ball at all. Um, whereas if you look at, like, Poland clearly know how to play football and like mm. it's it's there's just a gulf in class between the two teams um but ireland tend to do well in situations where they like believe that they can do well or, or something yeah. to that effect um but um and and the same thing applies to celtic but when i think about um like the power of belief in teams i think that that it doesn't really matter how well they keep the ball as long as there's some as long as the gulf in class isn't too great i still think that the underdog can come out on top as long as they have um the psychology behind it like the the run that uh, i think porto winning the champions league in 2004 is like it, it is an amazing achievement obviously but i think it's slightly overstated in how brilliant it is by the fact that they played monaco in the final and monaco yeah. at the time were a good team but like they weren't a great team and i think that yeah, that porto team the just had a very yeah. strong yeah exactly yeah well i think porto were probably better because they had a really strong spine and they'd also just developed a reputation as winners and they had developed a sense of belief because they had Mourinho, who's like one of the greatest motivators of teams uh like in our lifetime yeah especially that yeah not at all now but back then yeah yeah, like like um, he can say what you want now if he's like kind of a shell of his former self obviously you know a 50 percent Mourinho might still be better than most managers but yeah there was the idea and also you have to kind of so you can make the argument say for example in the benfica chelsea game chelsea were coming off the year before in which they won the champions league and benfica just got to the final for the first time in, in in a long time so one team's used to being in the final the other team just showed up the year after uh sevilla was on the this was the first of their three successive europa leagues Mm-hmm. And you're like, right, they know how to win. And that's what happened to Mourinho's um, Porto as well. And which weird because, yeah, because by the nature of being Monaco in the final, everything that preceded it was like, yeah, but you only beat Monaco in the final. So you don't really talk about like, uh, well, see, the game against Man United is quite famous for his celebration. But like that whole era was weird because you had the two group stages. Yeah. And then you had the knockout and they played like pretty much the top you know two or three top teams along the way um this is the days where teams like deportivo da coruña were quite like high up as well and your oh, valencia they were so good back in the day yeah deportivo like the when they had like uh juan carlos valeron and they had uh jorge andrade in defense and yeah and roy mckay up front and like they were fucking so good they and they were, were so entertaining and that game mm. where they they had this tie against ac milan in like the the first knockouts like back then people don't know this but like back then the champions league was like 150 games it was like <laughs> yeah. fucking there was two group stages for fuck's sake and then yeah. it was like a last 32 knockout and like there was all sorts of shit <laughs> but um ac milan were like three nil up and then they took it to the san siro and deportivo won like four nil at the san siro or something outrageous oh like that. wow yeah, um was that was like the so beginning of those times because obviously those comebacks seem quite normal now because of the last or two three years where it's like in the same yeah. but like back then it was like if you win three nil at you know away or at home tie is usually done 
Yeah, and yeah, it was so that, AC so... Milan, like they and yeah. they were like stalwarts in this tournament it's... against Deportivo, who like were a very good team, like we said, but they weren't just they just weren't considered a team of that caliber or that level mm. of like you know finesse about them or tradition or whatever. Like they were just a fucking great team. They just had that like that swagger that like a Leicester had this year actually, where it's just like fuck it, we're just gonna play the best that we can, the best of our yeah. ability, and it doesn't matter who we're playing up against because if we're good enough and what we're doing will beat them as opposed to having to work around what what they're like so um yeah i mean that's, that's, that's what it is yeah like and that's that's the belief that you need and i think i think like it's so unhelpful right if you're like let's say you you have a training camp going on for um a final that's coming up it's the end of the season you've got like three weeks before you've three weeks off basically before the final and you have a way to go about managing your team and motivating your players for this final do you think it makes any sense that the players are going to feel anything other than negativity when there are constant news reports that are saying like, oh, this team is cursed. They don't win in finals. They don't win in this final. They didn't win in this final. They threw away a right. lead in this final. Like, so you have like, if, if you just imagine your ability to motivate players and if you see that as like a bar, like a health bar in a video game or whatever mentioning mm. previous defeats can only deplete that health bar like there's no fucking planet yeah. on which you can turn that into a positive unless you're like some kind of fucking phenomenal mental gymnast who's able to you know put that through to teams but i just think that th there's something in it it's it's not to say that benfica definitely would have won all these games or whatever but i just it, it can't have had anything other than a negative effect like it's it's net valuation on the mm. team just has to be negative so and as... i think it does play a role in some way like yeah oh oh it has to like well as we were saying earlier it's like with the the conscious decisions and the sort of less conscious decisions like the the fact that you might see a family out might play a part in how you take the bin so yeah, exactly yeah and especially if you feel like because obviously the, these benfica finals more recently were back to back so you lost in the first one. You lost in the 91st minute to an Abramovich. Abram, What's his name? The guy who used to play for Chelsea. He, uh, Serbian. Uh, Abram, oh, Abramovich Ivanovic. is the owner, isn't it? Ivanovic, thank you. Um, yeah. He scored like in the 92nd minute to make it 2-1. And in the second game, he lost in penalties. And you look at the stats and it's like, well, Benfica didn't dominate either game. But I think it's worse if you're like coming off a final and being like, we could have won it, we should have won it, and you have to do it again, and you're like, this one we made another one. It's it's always yeah. there, and you can always, as we said, you can always attribute the weight to it, which then it becomes the monster, the Frankenstein's monster, doesn't it? Where it's like, it it's a thing that shouldn't be a thing, but because you're saying it's a thing, I'm now thinking it's a thing, and I'm going to attribute, as we said, the Friday the 13th thing, I'm going to attribute every negative action to the curse, and that's how curses become... I suppose more of a you you can be like well that's logical for us to lose because there's a, there's a thing bigger than me going on, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it played a part. Um, so the second one I found was uh, one to do with Argentinian club Racing Club. Um, oh yeah. So they were quite famous in the '60s. Um, much like Benfica kind of was over in Europe, they were winning the Copa Libertadores. Um, they won it in 67. Um, funnily enough, they were then set to face Celtic 
in the Inter- Intercontinental Cup, which I love. I love that name. Someone should make a wrestling title. That's the know. one that Pat Patterson <laughs> famously won in Brazil. <laughs> the first version of it, isn't it? That's the. It's just, it's, yeah. No one has ever beaten the Honky Tonk Man in a in an Intercontinental uh, Cup title match. Final. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. FIFA got his little grubby paws and then called it the FIFA Club World Cup, which sounds like um. Sounds like like a tongue twister. Club World Cup. Club World Cup. Uh, all of those <laughs> names are so fucking stupid. Like if like if you look at any fucking tournament name before like 1999, they're all so fucking stupid. Like mm. oh yeah, we won the cup winners cup. We won the cup medals cup. We won the intertotal cup. We yeah. won the milk cup. Like listen, lads, fuck off. Will you, you like you have serious branding issues here? Like when <laughs> I, it comes to I I just can't fucking get behind saying if I, my team won the intertotal cup, I would sooner tell someone that I support a team that got relegated than have <laughs> from to say the, yeah. oh yeah we won the intertotal cup. Like, fuck off. Yeah, Nobody it, fucking cares. Like. It's um, it's. I remember a time period where it was like it wasn't the championship; it was the Coca-Cola championship. So yeah, how did yeah, you feel winning right. the Coca-Cola championship? Coca-Cola, 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 Coca-Cola. Do you want some like the, the um Carabao Cup? Carabao, Carabao. What the fuck is a Carabao? See, I refuse to learn what a Carabao is. I I have a niggling suspicion that it's an energy drink, but I I think it's an energy drink as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, In my head, I'm like, it's either that or it's a fucking new type of bookies or so. I don't give a shit what it (laughs) is. I refuse to. I call that cup the fucking uh, the Carling Cup or the Worthington Cup. Cup. I'll call it either of those two things. Um, and I sometimes still call the championship division one just because I think it's <laughs> fucking hilarious. To do I just I, England is a weird one. It's the only country where like League One means the third league, the third. Yeah, league. I know it's it's <laughs> so fucking irritating. And like I kind of like I think that they are right. Is there is like some subconscious thing where you kind of do think the championship is better because yeah, it's it's in between that. the two. Yeah, I, yeah. I also think it's given rise to those fucking idiots who say stuff like the championship is better than the fucking main league and it's like shot your fucking Yeah, mouth, you know, you if, if you put a full um, over in um in, in France, you could say they could finish 10th and it's like no, yeah, they wouldn't. Like, because... I'm sorry, but Inter are better than Barnsley yeah. and that's just the way it yeah, is. So. Because if you put a Fulham in Italy, they wouldn't have the resources, so they'd probably be looking at getting relegated. Whereas here, because the resources are there, they're signing fucking World Cup winner Andre Scherler and realizing yeah. he's gonna rot in the bench and get relegated. It's like it's not it's not what you do with the sorry, it's not how you have the finances. It's what you do with them as well. That's just as important. Yeah, you're you that's might look at a thing. team like. Marseille and be like, yeah, they never win the league because PSG owns it. But like, maybe their goal is to qualify for the Champions League this year, and that's it. You know, and yeah, kind of build yeah. on that, not do like a, your your teams that get promoted where they sign a whole new squad, don't have time to integrate it, get relegated, and then now they're left with this massive wage bill. Look at Portsmouth, look at QPR, look at mm-hmm. West Ham. Like mostly teams that Harry Redknapp gets his hands on, yeah, and tend to go <laughs> like that. Um, there's, but, there's um, no that's that's like the argument that um when people say stuff like if Celtic were in the Premier League they would actually do really well and like it's a solid argument it's not based on the fact that Celtic fans genuinely think that Lee Naylor is a fucking better left back than like I don't know whoever the best or left Scott back Sinclair can cut it in the Premier League again because um, he's <laughs> yeah, gone yeah. there and it's just like no he left there because he you know he wasn't good enough to be at Man City yeah um which but the, but that's like, fine like that's not a dig at the club that he's going to because they're making the best of his services to the teams he's play. You can only play what's in front of you, right? 
but if Celtic were in the Premier League and they got like two hundred million pounds in fucking television rights with the with the kind of glamour and sense of grandeur that already exists around Celtic Football Club, which like I know I know some Rangers fans listen and like I'm sorry. Like, but Celtic are like a huge brand. Like, lots of players say it. Like, it, it's a, like you you see the Barcelona players say it all the time. Like, Celtic yeah. are, are a huge club, and we like they kind of idolize the sense of of um, fan atmosphere and like all of those things. And um, and Celtic have also won like significant trophies throughout their uh, time as a club. If they if you take that branding strength and put that in the Premier League with their television revenue, like. So yeah, Celtic are absolutely going to become a much bigger club than they are now, and like they would absolutely be competing—not for the Premier League title, like that's ludicrous—but like they'd certainly be a top six team easily with that kind of revenue. Yeah. And like I just I don't I don't buy in. A fella, the fella who won like all the fucking trophies with Celtic over the last few years is now managing a team in the top four in the Premier League. So like it's right. not really like this is a fucking impossible feat or like that it's it's a ludicrous argument because it's actually a very sound argument it just has a little bit of nuance to it but it just has something to say other than like yeah Burham Kyle is is Paul Scholes basically they're the same, the same <laughs> level <laughs> yeah, no yeah. That, you know? and and also like you're so the process of Celtic joining the Premier League well if it hasn't happened like say for a hundred years like say a Swansea or a Cardiff, mm-hmm. like yeah. maybe you would Scottish football would be ignored because it's not in London, it's not in in, in Manchester, it's not one of the metropolitan places. But if, if yeah. Celtic are coming in now as they are now, as known as they are now, with with winning was it three trebles or something ridiculous like that back to back? Yeah, yeah. Um, they wouldn't be like, well, you'll be slotted in seventeenth. They'd probably be sort of like a Wolves level. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. But that's and not Fulham probably... going to, to to that's not like a sorry, that's cut you off, but that's not like that's a Fulham going to League One in in France where it's like no 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 you're from the league below and you've got like no history and you've got like no kind of like I mean they did get to that Europe Europe final years ago and that was an incredible run under mm-hmm. I think it's Hodgson's manager but the gravitas doesn't come from the fact that like your wage bill is bigger than the others. You yeah, know? exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's something more than yeah. Like, the Celtic the... are a huge club in a league that's not particularly so big. Hey, I can relate to that. Benfica are a huge club. That's like one of the big. That's got one of the biggest like um, fans support outside of like the country that they're in, out of any club in the world. I think it's quite high up there, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I'd be, you know, if you do like a wordplay with people, unfortunately, if you go name teams that play in Scotland, they'd probably give you Rangers or Celtic, and they'd probably give you Celtic first, because um, of what's yeah, been going on with Rangers for the last like couple of years, right? Let's just be diplomatic and say it's alphabetical. Yeah. <laughs> C comes yeah. before R. C I comes think before that's a nice R. way of looking at yeah. it. Celtic and Rangers. It's C. Yeah, it's fine. Um, or, or you know. B- b- you know, for for Benfica, for example, like Porto has actually won the bigger titles. You could argue with the Champions Leagues and Europa League, yeah. but Benfica are more well known. Um, and nowadays, it's safe to say that Benfica have sold, like you you can like not not to make this the Benfica podcast, um, but there's a lot of players still playing in almost every top league or division that are former Benfica, and that's not yeah, a coincidence, yeah. you know. Um, I think yeah, there's I think um, for, obviously at one point it would have been like. There's there's one in Barca, PSG, 
um, Bayern Munich kind of I guess Renato Sanchez did leave um, Man City you got Bernardo Silva like they're, they're everywhere you know um, and that's yeah. just the three off the top of my head where it's like a Barca you got Nelson Semedo as well um, but yeah so I think that argument uh, by the way I have done that I've, I've actually played a save where I put Celtic in the Premier League and it's actually a lot of fun because I kind of was playing as if, like, nobody wants me in this league. I'm going to fucking smash it and take it back to Scotland. Yeah, yeah. I, I, did a, I did a series on my YouTube channel where I put Celtic in the Premier League. And um, it got, it got, I got a season out of it. And then, uh, actually, I don't think I finished the season. In fact, I don't think I even put them in the Premier League. In fact, I don't, I don't even think I played the game. I just <laughs> thought of it once. <laughs> I know that I did. It's, it's, the only, it's the only YouTube series I ever did where I had face cam in it. And uh, I remember being like incredibly uncomfortable about that, but also being excited about the prospect of doing a new career mode. And then I remember being like, wow, I fucking hate FIFA so fucking much that <laughs> I just can't fucking bring myself to do this anymore. And I still get people asking, asking me to... Uh, to go back to that series all the time, but um, yeah, it would always I be not... it would you always live in this conundrum though, where people would be like, "Go back to doing FIFA. That's what you know established you first. And then you go and do, and people are like, "Oh, I do miss the podcast though." And you're like, "Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking yeah. hell, um, yeah. I can't be both." Um, sorry, but back to to wrestling club. Um, yeah, sorry, so fucking, that's, that's I, right. I derail you so. That's <laughs> all right. Um, so as I was saying, they won the Copa Libertadores. Hey, it's your show. Um, they won the Copa Libertadores. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Couple of Libertadores, they beat Nacional two one. Um, so obviously this was huge in, in a country, you know, in a continent, I should say, that is just riddled with football fever. Um, yeah. Uh, for the lack of a better term, uh, football just is it's like a religion in, in certain countries. Um, so they then played Celtic in the Intercontinental Cup. They beat Celtic. No, sorry, they lost the first match one nil. And then won the second match to one, which back in those days means you got to have a replay. Which then they had a third yeah. match, and Racing won one nil. Um, I actually yeah, Wikipedia this match. Offside that goal was a handball yeah, offside. It was on style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, six sendings off, two for Racing and four for Celtic. And Fucking hell! <laughs> what? Yeah. What the in fuck went third, down in that game? I, I honestly, I, the Wikipedia page was like. Fucking hell, like what were they ended up with eight fucking seven people. Jesus. Mental. Christ. Um so obviously the whole of because of, you know, wrestling being the big team that they are, the, the the city went into chaos, you know. It was like um when when Napoli won the fucking the the the, the was it the UEFA Cup and yeah it was just like nothing else mattered hmm. um, and then you had the Crosstown Rivals who were Club Atletico Independiente and their fans were obviously furious for all this happiness they're like fuck this fuck all your happiness um, some of the fans some of the supporters then broke into the stadium of wrestling and they buried seven dead cats um, so they old lit- school old curse. school this is like yeah this is like your your sort of um, your your basic five, you know, your your fave five of, of curses. It's like you got this, you got the voodoo doll. Yeah, you got, yeah. Uh, you, you've like that's like the you putting the dead frogs on the door, where the fuck that one is. Um, yeah, so so they did it. Um, so I guess the, the the ritual implied that like the cats would have demons. That was basically basically what you're doing is you're taking out an insurance on this curse being on forever. <laughs> is mm. what you're doing by burying them there. Um. 
so obviously they do this and kind of not it's not kind of like going you know it's not news it's not stated it's like it, it so we go into the 70s and wrestling starts steadily falling so um they just keep getting worse and worse in the 76 77 season they're one point away from being relegated which is lucky and then seven years later they were relegated in 1983 they won exactly one title which was the supercopa sudamericana which i think is the south american super cup in 1988 Mm -hmm. um but basically it's it's a dark sort of timeline um financial problems because obviously they're trying to sign people needs to bankruptcy um and this is across this time period you start to build up this idea that there is this ginormous curse of like the other independent events are just like well we did bury cats and people are like no because that's fucking mental how can how the hell would you even be able to bury cats um on the on, on the thing but once once they got relegated i think um it, it, it kind of gained tr- much like that's the thing much like the benfica thing it's like once bad things happen all of a sudden the curse is very real right yeah, yeah. uh 100,000 racing fans gathered and started legitimately like looking for the cats they found six out of seven wow so the cats were there which is absolutely insane um, yeah, that's perhaps th- the fucking weirdest part of the whole it's thing. It's that it was there. Like, yeah. that's terrifying as well. Where like, do you think they found the cats before they buried them? Where do you think they got them from? Were they already dead? Like, they, were they buried alive? Like, you just... I, I didn't really find too much information about it because mm-hmm. I'm guessing the people that did it or saw the people that did it wouldn't want anything to do with it in case they themselves get cursed for being a part of it or something. True, yeah. Um, yeah, you'd want you'd want to kind of keep away... Um, Fast forward to 2001. We're now in 2001. They've got a new manager, uh, Reynaldo Merlo. And Merlot, if you're French. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know. That's funny. Well, there you go. No, um, it's, not, it's not funny at all. Um, yeah. He declared <laughs> that like nothing's going to happen until this last cat is found. He went as far as having the pitch completely dug up demolished and renovated they found the seven cat and the wow. curse was lifted and the same year they won the premier division for the first time since 1966 so wow. 37 uh, sorry 35 years after it happened they won a title so the exact time period that the cats were buried was the time they won just one super cup now that feels like like prop, like a proper bookended curse, you know? Yeah, yeah, complete. Especially it's... like, we're not doing anything till this is found. Found it. All right, let's win. Yeah, we won. Oh yeah, we've already won, mate. It's it's insane because, um, especially from being like top of Europe and top of the world, technically by winning the uh, the IC title. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, the king I, of the ring. Yeah. So for this one, I suppose like the other one, it's the exact same thing. Where like the curse, I think, did weigh on people. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like from relegated to to, to to bankruptcy all the way back up to being on top. Like that's um that's a hell of a journey. Um and maybe people that support Leeds should maybe look into seeing any if any cats were buried in their yard as well. Yeah. Um I I was gonna like I was trying to make a joke there, like uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know the way like Sunderland are called the black cats. Like, oh, yeah. if there's one man that'll bury some cats, it's Chris Coleman or you it's know Jermaine Defoe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like 
if, I don't know if he's still Howard there. Howard Wilkinson, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that one is actually, that's the one I kind of had the most trouble kind of being like, well, how's that not a curse? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that, that, I'm giving that one nine dead and buried cats out of ten. That's like <laughs> straight up most probably a curse. Yeah, there's 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 no other way to kind of um to kind of see it as I mean, again it it's like you have the other fans probably chanting about all these curses and all these cats that are buried and they found six and they still didn't win anything and it's like found the seven ah we were the best um interesting though um I can't think of too many other times where something like that's been done um but it's kind of cool and it's kind of interesting because it makes your club like ooh there's some bit of voodoo going on here. Yeah. Um, my football club is magic. Yeah, my football club's cursed by the cats, um, <laughs> and yours isn't. Um, so the next ones, so I should say, the next three aren't necessarily as deep. Like, kind of, there's a lot of shit about witch doctors. I just want to say that now. Um, <laughs> Fair, out yes, there from of course. Witch doctors, like uh, curses on teams, curses on players. But like, I try to be the ones where it's kind of like there's more interest in just like a person said that they did that and they did it and that was it tell um, me this is mm-hmm. um do you have england's world cup penalty bullshit in there no no i didn't Good. think of that. Okay. you can't make excuses for sucking okay <laughs> yeah, that's very true, yeah. <laughs> but benfica did not suck on this europa league finals let's let's put it down the rig. no no i just i don't i don't think that um the curse is ricardo okay and mm, yeah with no enough gloves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but enough said, yeah. Um, I, I, do you know what? They, they've they been doing these um, in certain Portuguese uh, Twitters and sort of groups that I'm a part of. Um, they've been posting a lot of people, a uh, lot of sort of videos of, of people looking back on the match that like were involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did one with Ricardo, funnily enough. And he said he only took the gloves to try and intimidate the England players. He had no, there was no sort of second thought behind it. Yeah. It was just like, this will look weird, won't it? And I'll, then I'll do it. Um, yeah, because I think he says he puts off as a Darius Vassell. I think that's his name. Yeah. Um, and, and then on and on. But yeah, uh, so the... Yeah, that's other... the thing. Uh, it's 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 not a curse. It's the fact that England went to a fucking international tournament with Darius Vassell. Yeah, like, and the year after that, like the 2006 one was unbelievable how he saved three. Um, that I'll never forget. That, Which that's... was the one where Wayne Rooney stamped with his studs on Ricardo Carvalho's testicles, yes. but all of England as a nation collectively decided it's Ronaldo's fault yeah. you <laughs> that know he what? got sent off. Funnily <laughs> enough, that's the same one. That's 2006. Because that's when they get to the penos, and that's when they lose. Um, They lost 3-1 on penalties, which is mental to, to see a penalty should I go like that. Um. Mm. Rooney came out and said, and he was like, well, you know, I would have done, he finally said, he said, I would have done the same as the Portuguese did if, if one of my players got stomped in, in the balls as he did, Carvalho did. But yeah. the weird thing is, the wink, do you remember the wink? Yeah, yeah. Well, the wink is just an exchange between Scolari, um, obviously manager of Portugal at the time, where he just goes, stay calm, and Ronaldo winked at him. I know, but man. the way it's, it was put across like, here was like he fucking he did it. He 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 made his boot go into it, his nuts. It's ridiculous. It makes no fucking sense on 
any level that like an Argentinian referee would send off an English player because a Portuguese player said, hey, mate, this was actually a red card. Please send him <laughs> off. Like he fucking yeah. stamped on the player. And I can't believe the you can watch this on YouTube. There's like the, the fucking in the studio thing, BBC. And Alan oh Shearer God. is like, oh, yeah. And it was that Portuguese winker, Ronaldo. And it's like, dude, yeah. can you fucking just pull your head out of your fucking English rectum for five fucking seconds and objectively analyze this game like you sad fuck i cannot believe he got fucking paid money to sit in that studio and cry like that it's yeah, like him, such a fucking it was not- um it was oh who was the other one ian um right ian Wright, and it was lineker and it was like that is the kind of shit that like the next day in school like it was brought up and it's a bit yeah. like the only fucking way you can analyze how the game you... that way is if your blood is english like, yeah that, that's how you turn no other set of circumstances like oh. mm. that's how you can turn like public opinion on a person a player a, a yeah. human being into like vitriol and and it, yeah it, like i even as a kid i was like they shouldn't say that shit like i can you and i can say that shit i'm mm. not on tv telling people fucking I, I am, you know, a, a impartial, impartial, like, and I know it's your country going out and stuff, but trust me, like, I've now seen tournaments, like, where I can't get an English stream, so I have to go get a Portuguese stream, or I'll get, like, a, a French stream, obviously, now that I understand French, but, like, there's a certain <laughs> level of, like, decorum about a loss that it's like, you are the better team. Yeah. End, end of argument. And I feel like sometimes England have a hard time with that. They had a hard time in 2004 because apparently Sol Campbell scored a goal. They guess cancelled. 2006, they, uh, I say cancelled, it's like ruled for a foul. Like, not like cancelled, like <laughs> hashtag me too. Cancel <laughs> yeah. him. The goal um, was deemed to be too racist. Yeah, <laughs> get out of the net. Um, yeah, and then 2006, you had this Rooney thing. And then 2010, you had the ghost goal. So it took pretty much out of the entire time that I've lived in this country all the way up to Euro 2016 where it was like you have no nothing to cling on to no excuses mm. Iceland was just a better team that's it you know yeah and that's why it felt um like shot and fraud not for the players because I do like it's weird I, I think we've probably said this to each other before at yeah, least, most likable England team ever. I like the England players. They all seem like really good, decent group of people with like good heads, especially like the Kyle younger Walker. ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially your Kyle Walkers. Um, yeah, but you know, generally, you know what I mean. Generally speaking, like it seems to be yeah, like yeah. they they have this sense of like we know we're not the best anymore. Like, <laughs> and whereas before you could make the argument that's like, well, they probably thought they were quite good. And then they find, get themselves fined out, and they just wouldn't accept it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it took all the way till 2016 for a loss to be just genuine. And it was like, oh, it couldn't have happened to a team that I actually feel the more like, oh, they don't really deserve the shit they're gonna get for it. But at the same time, at least they're not blaming the other teams, whatever you want to insert here, for their their failures. So. I, I... One time I was in a pub in Leicester watching the 2014 World Cup, and it was the game where James Rodriguez scored that amazing goal. Oh, my but, God. Um, Peachy. There was, these, <laughs> there was these three lads sitting behind me, and um, they were talking about... They were like... Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, Uruguay, uh, Uruguay won the first World Cup. What was that like, 1934? And they still haven't stopped fucking going on about it. <laughs> it's like, hold on a second now, here, lads, because I believe that you are from England. First of all, I would just like to say I have never even met a Uruguayan person in my life. Never mind, heard one going on about the fact that they won the fucking first World Cup. Second of all, there is one country that is widely renowned for its ability to still harp on about 1966 what country would you say that yeah. is like oh my fucking uh, god like German. lack of self-awareness <laughs> yeah like it's yeah it's um not not and that, now they're always gonna live in the shadow of that too because they're just defined yeah. by that um and, and i think that you, you will notice this that like the teams that have won things more than once they're not necessarily defined by the win but the teams that kind of define themselves by a certain win or a certain title they really have a hard time getting past them. Obviously, because they meant so much. I get that. And yeah, we, and, and in the interest of fairness, as Vince McMahon would say, like, I will straight up admit, like, Celtic fans do this all the fucking time. Celtic fans never stop going on about 1967 and everything to do with that title win and how, like, mm. great it was and how record-breaking it was and all that stuff. Like, that's just the thing that football fans do. So, and like, it's funny. See, we were just talking about wrestling club. That 67 win leads them to lose the Intercontinental Cup yeah. to, um, <laughs> to, uh, to wrestling. But you don't really hear about that, do you? They're not going to be like, oh, yeah, and that year didn't turn out too well because we lost you know, lost later on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's insane. So um, you find this, that like I, I don't think Brazil or Germany would be like, well, we won it in 94, we won it in, in, in 2002 or whatever year they won it, and be like, well, that's that then. Like, we're always going to be defined by this. like Or Spain, for that matter, where there's just like more, 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 more. So it feels mm-hmm. like 1966 was a long time ago. And I can say this now because obviously the country I support has won the last two European-based tournaments. So that helps as well. So I don't have to be like, well, we've never won one, so we wouldn't know what it's like. But like, yeah. even 2016 was a long time ago. It that was. team was a long time ago. Those people were a long time ago. Yeah, one guy still is quite good still at that level. But like, I'm not going to be there and be like, oh, you know, if only we had Nani. If only we had an informed Nani, even though he had an incredible Euros. Like, he did. He scored three goals. Like, yeah, he was yeah. a, him and Ronaldo up front in a 4-4-2 playing without strikers. It's that thing where you're like, how's this going to work? And then it works, and you're like, man, they should have been doing this every year. Fuck you, Nuno Gomez. I, I, I couldn't. <laughs> and Elder My Pacino. nerves. My anxiety could not handle another tournament of Ronaldo bullying Nanny for 90 minutes. I just can't. I just, the whole time I was just like, oh my god, Nanny, it's okay. Yeah. Lift your head up and keep playing. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just sour because like, he has He's not screaming yet. at You're you. Fine. Yeah, he's screaming your name and, and swearing, but yeah. he's, not, he's not at you. It's it's your motivation. Um, But yeah, and then obviously they, they actually worked out quite well, those two, which is odd. But, um, yeah, yeah, sorry. So, next curse is the Neverkusen. Yeah, the Neverkusen curse. Um, this one kind of ran in the 90s and 2000s. Well, we're in the 2000s, yeah. so I wrote that weird, sorry. Um, well, yeah. We're in the 2010s. Well, we're in the 2020s, but this oh, yeah, was the early yeah. 2000s, yeah. So, they're basically known for, for just being, like, um, the runners-up. The, the bridesmaids, if you will, of, of football. Never the bride. Oh, shame. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I suppose that's kind of like the reputation that Spurs have in this country, even though I don't think Spurs are like 
they they must have imploded like once or twice but because again that's your narrative then that's you you know yeah yeah like the 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 probably a few games against certain teams they imploded but so Bayern Leverkusen um they finished second in 97 99 2000 and 2002 and 2011 um they were beaten to the title on the final day of the 99-2000 season um they lost um kind of like Benfica a couple years back they lost two of the three final games to see a five-point lead disappear as Dortmund beat them in 0 one uh, They lost... That year, they lost the uh, Pokal, the D, is a DFB Pokal final, which is the German Cup, essentially, and they lost the Champions League final um, to the Leverkusen game. I'm thinking that's the Zidane shot um, in that final, the, the, the mad Zidane volley. So yeah, uh, that's yeah. That you're right. That yeah. was, and that was at uh, I believe that was at Hamden Park. Weirdly enough. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a mention of that. Like even in, in some of the clips that I've seen in, of the commentary. So for them, it's not so much a curse of a thing happening. It just seems that like no matter what they do, they'll never win. 115 years, they've never won the German top league. They had. They should feel especially aggrieved about that because their team was fucking sensational back then like from the whole period from like 97 to like 2002 they basically just fed players to Bayern Munich like they had like some of the players they had um they had Lucio one of the like one of the best defenders of our lifetime definitely they had uh Jens Novotny who was uh, a very solid German center back they had um, they had Karsten Ramelow, another like a, a, he was a, a veteran at the time, but he was still um, I think he might have been the captain in mm. Germany's 2002 World Cup. They had a young Michael Balak. They right, had a the young Dimitar yeah, Berbatov. Yeah. They had a young Landon Donovan. Um, they had Bernd Schneider, who was a consistent German international. They oh, had Oliver sure. Neuville, another consistent German international. They had a guy called Marco Babic, who was one of Croatia's best players, and they had. Um, uh, who is the fucking uh, Robert Kovac, another Croatian player, um, Boris Zivkovic, hmm. and that guy whose name I can never pronounce, but he was Kovac, a, a left as in the last Bayern Munich manager. That one. Uh, that might have been. I think that was Niko Kovac. Oh, so that's Niko Kovac. Sorry. Ah, yeah, okay. They're brothers, and I'm pretty sure Nico actually played for for Leverkusen at some point too. I might be wrong on that though. Um, they also had Diego Placente or Placente or however you pronounce his name. Placente. <laughs> Placenta, that's correct. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if I mentioned Zay Roberto in that last the evergreen <laughs> list of players, but like the man Zay who Roberto, will not retire. He's still going. Is he still playing? Forty-three years old. Yeah. No uh, fucking way. Or at least he must have been until quite recently, because you can still sign him on on a, quite a few. Let me have a quick look. Um, quite a few pezes. He comes up as a. So yeah. does a uh, Juan Sebastian Veron, by the way. He still, oh, he's still man himself. Um, yeah, he stopped playing in 2017 for Palmeiras, and wow. he is 45 now. So yeah, he would have been 43, Fuck which is me. insane. What a what a man! Yeah, yeah, what an engine. Um, but yeah, he's, he's no King Kazu. Don't know if you know who King Kazu is. Um, do you know who that is? No. I'll tell you. It's uh, Kazuyoshi Miura. He's a Japanese player. He's been playing since 1986. Oh yes, I do know this guy, and he scored. Uh, he scored last season still um, at like the high, the highest level in Japan, I think. Yeah, 
His most recent start came on April 4th, 2019, at the age 52 years and 37 days. Fuck me, yeah. <laughs> what a player. Who was? Is the team that he played for, is it Yokohama FC or something like that? Yeah, yeah, uh, Yokohama FC, uh, Tokyo FC. I'm just naming places in Japan now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yes, yeah, so one of them was Yokohama FC because you could, you could find them on... Pez, but they wouldn't make him any older than 45 because the game doesn't let you be any older than 45. But it should be mentioned wow. that this guy has played in Brazil. He has played in um, Italy as well, and he has played in uh, Croatia. So he's not like, oh yeah, of course over there you can go on forever. It's kind of nice that he actually stepped in, especially going to play in Brazil in the 80s as a Japanese guy. Must have been interesting. Yeah. Um, he, he also had a trial with Bournemouth in like 80, 80 something or 90 something but wow. um yeah that that leverkusen team was like all of those it's, people have individually yeah, gone on to win everything by the by going where they went you know especially the ones you mentioned definitely yeah yeah like that that is just an insane level of quality i don't know like i know the people listening are a lot younger than me but like like google these players you've all heard of the mm-hmm. likes of michael balak and and stuff like that but um these are like these are all players who either at the time were living their potential or else had amazing potential. Yeah, and um and Bayern Munich swallowed up like most of them. <laughs> yeah, so, which is I, yeah to this I, day this carries on. I even think that like Bayern Munich's front line they had Giovanni Elber who I'm pretty sure Elber played for Leverkusen before he went to Bayern, um mm. and. There's someone else they had in their team as well. They got they basically just got uh, other players from Leverkusen, and that was the way that their <laughs> league was at the, the time. The motto. Um, yeah. Yeah. Will they ever be crowned champions of Germany? I think it would be nice. Um, I think it would be nice just to make up for that for that um, that those sort of failures. Yeah. Um, and as you said, like about the the potentially good players that went on to become even better, and they're already playing at a level, or the ones that are playing above their level. With football, you'll notice this as well. You, it kind of comes in eras, and it's like if a national team or if a, if if a, if a team doesn't capture the titles that you think they would over the like, you can make this argument about Spurs now. Is that like they have this incredible pool of players? I'm not saying you you should be winning every title every year, but like you mm. want something after because usually teams kind of have a sort of two to four year kind of like staying period where the core is the same before they kind of you know, people get older or retire or go somewhere else, go to China, yeah. or whatever. Um, it, you have these sort of errors, and it's just like you have to capitalize on them because I'm pretty sure Leverkusen endured some pretty tough years in and around these, like, you know, as we go into the late 2000s and the um, early two th- 2010s, if you will. Um, I don't think obviously they finished runner-up in 2011, but, like, mm-hmm. they were finishing, like, 10th. And yeah, yeah. They're yeah. traditionally they seen really as like one of the bigger teams. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were always so, like a top four team in Germany around that around that mm. time. But then, like there was there was that weird time in German football about ten years ago where there was like I think in the space of five years like four different teams won it. You had like yes. uh, Wolfsburg came up. Even like the likes of like Stuttgart Hoffenheim were top. Of, yeah, Stuttgart. Yeah. With Fernando Mera. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Kuriani and fucking Timo Hildebrand and all the lads. <laughs> yeah, it was like. Um, Stuttgart, Wolfsburg, um, Dortmund. Hoffenheim obviously. had a really good season where they almost won the league, I think. Or they were, I don't know that they almost win it, but they were like top of the league for something like six months or so during that it's, time. It was, uh, 
I remember that, yes, yeah, like from, I think you can stretch like from 2001 to like 2012. It was just till pretty much Pep came over. I think mm. that kind of stopped the um, the others from even remotely winning. Um, man, Wolfsburg were a sick team to watch because they had quite deep runs in Europa League as well. Yeah, yeah. And then they had that they had that little resurgence kind of about five, six years ago where they were beating the likes of um, Man United because they had like Dante and Vierinha and Bastost. Uh, a, a Kevin De Bruyne who is just like becoming the player that he now is essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's, but I do think you have these little periods of teams where it's just like if you're consistently competing for finals and and getting quite far in cup tournaments or European cup tournaments or even in your own league and you don't win anything, there's this knockdown effect that'll be like you'll finish third, third, second, second, and then like tenth, eleventh, fourteenth, sixteenth, because it's just like they have nothing to show for it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess it gets harder and harder to motivate people when at the end you have look at you know look at look at Spurs even this year and. The way that, like, for since the Champions League final, it's just been weird. And there's these moments of greatness. And I'm picking on Spurs, to be honest. They're just a good example for this, yeah, I guess. Yeah, fuck off. All right, all right, look at... <laughs> all right, is that the end of the show? That's so such a weird way of ending it. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. Thank you, thank you for listening. But, um... Yeah, like I think you just need to win something at these. Uh, it's easier said than done, obviously. But that's why um, I have so much respect for uh, for Jamie Vardy. Like he's still with Leicester, but like he's still playing his heart out. He's still scoring insane goals. Like he still believes so much in them, and it's like real. Like Mares moved on, and, and like I respect Mares for Dante doing that too. As well. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah, I just the... I don't know. Like Vardy is just one of my favorite footballers. Just I don't like I don't give a shit. I know like he fucking may He's have said something marcher. potentially racist at some stage. Like, but like I don't give it. Just the oh, fact okay. that he he was like I, I don't think he he said something that was actually racist, but he said something that was like oh this is crazy. We need to the have a big conversation about this. As, yeah, as, I don't know. I think he said the word. Says. I think he said the word Jap. Oh, okay, and, right, yeah. I, like, I don't know, is that a derogatory wartime term? talk, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know. Like, maybe it is, and maybe, like, I'm wrong, but I, I, whatever, I'm not getting into this now. <laughs> but, um, I, he I just... He plays like he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care if he's up against Liverpool or, you know, yeah. uh, Preston and, North and he, End. He backed himself, like, when he, he was, like, 25 playing in, like, League 2 or, or whatever it was for Fleetwood. And Leicester were like, all right, we want, we want to sign you and bring you to the championship. And he was like, okay, um, that's fine. I'll take, like, all this and this. But there's one thing I, I want embedded in my contract is that I get a bonus if I'm ever capped for England. And they were like, <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll yeah. do that for you. And then, like, he fucking did it. Like, I, I just – I have so much respect for someone who backs themselves like that, like – it's just um i don't know it, it's like the most admirable trait like that that level of self-belief and then when they actually come true with the thing that they said they were going to do it's it's um i don't know it's inspirational yeah the realization of, of like actually he i don't know you only get that from these stories of people coming out because if like if, if Kylian mbappe is back at himself you're like well why wouldn't you you know yeah. <laughs> like even yeah. at 18 because i actually i happened to follow monaco for that year where they stormed the league probably one of the best runs in football you'll ever see scoring like 150,000 goals and yeah obviously he's going to back himself isn't he but um yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's um it's astonishing the man's still going strong and he seems to only be getting better with age and they they, they kind of have that thing where they know when to play him when to to yeah. not play him so it's yeah. they're making the most of him um yeah so the next one is about a witch doctor 
but it's the, the only one that I could find about a witch doctor that was genuine. So, um, <laughs> in a bid to win a World Cup qualifier against Rhodesia, which is now known as Zimbabwe, the Australian mm. team hired the witch doctor who buried bones. This is Australia, like, what are you playing at? Uh, buried <laughs> bones know. near the goalposts to curse the opposition. So they win the game 3-1 against uh, Rhodesia, or soon to be Zimbabwe. Uh, but then they couldn't pay the witch doctor a grand. So... Fucking hell, how dire were things for <laughs> Australia? They can't come up with a fucking grand. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I love this. Instead of being like, well, I'll take you to claims court. The doctor was like, actually, fuck you. I'm going to reverse my curse. I'm going to put the curse on you, brother. What are Whoa. you going to do? When the witch doctor when comes witch for doctor you, <laughs> and he cursed him, and he's like, "Yo, you're gonna lose against Israel and not qualify for the World Cup in 1970," which they didn't. Um, and then I think in 2004 they went back and kind of gave the doctor the money, or they hi- no, no, sorry, no, 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 that's not right. They hired another witch doctor in Mozambique to reverse the curse and be like, "Can you just?" Just flip the yin and yang. Just flip it up, and he, we will give you a grand, though. So they did it. What the fuck are they do- Sorry. What are yeah, they doing this is in, in real Africa life. This is real life. Where are they going around? Any witch stuff? It's like, just play the game. It's, yeah, stop going halfway around like, the no, world. No disrespect to, find to, someone... to Zimbabwe. But, like, yeah. I'm sure they're not exactly hard to beat. Or Rhodesia, I should say. They're not exactly hard to beat. The fact that you're going around getting witch doctors involved is mental. And I love the idea of like... Especially when you can't fucking afford their services. (laughs) If you can't get a grand for a witch doctor... I spent more than a grand in the pub in the month of December, for fuck's sake. (laughs) How can they not fucking put up a grand for the... Oh, that's fucking insane. So they hired... I thought this was the best of the witch doctors thing. Um, So they hired another one in 04 to reverse it, and they ended up qualifying for the 2006 World Cup, and then every single one since. Ah, nice. um, I, I just think it's hilarious it's the idea of being like oh, so did a curse work oh yeah the curse did work yeah 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 mm. does anyone got the money though no <laughs> well he did successfully put a curse on something else he probably won't turn that curse around on us right haha <laughs> <laughs> <And then they, laughs> obviously yeah. he's gonna be like well fuck you like I've got this one power that you've just seen me use I'm going to use it on you um yeah so that's that's the fourth one Whoops. And the fifth curse is um, it's, it's I don't know if this is more of a curse or more of a kind of a uh, frond frowned upon frond frowned upon thing. Um, <laughs> As they say in France, a frond upon. A frond frond de croissant upon. Um, and it's essentially people that touch the World Cup or the European Trophy before like they win it. Um, mm. And I could find footage in '04. You had Julie who played for Monaco, touch it, Gattuso did it for the match, that famous match in Istanbul that they talk about every fucking time Liverpool has a game ever. Remember Istanbul? But yeah, in the 3-3, obviously. <laughs> um, they, he touched the cup, apparently, and obviously lost. And in 2012, um, Timoshuk took the trophy, touched the trophy, and then they lost it. 2012? Yeah, they lost to Chelsea. Sorry, I got confused with the year they won. I was like, well, then they won it. But no, um, 2012, they lost. He was a good player. He was, he was. And he was there for ages, like, until he was, like, late 30s. So, must have been decent. Um, 
And so basically, yeah, all these people have touched the, the trophy. They're kind of caught on camera touching it. They None of them went on to win it. But, like, I, that was the best one I could find about, like, kind of, like, trophies and finals. Because there's a bunch of shit I looked up about Birmingham and being, like, buried where gypsies died. And they just got a bit weird. And I was like, I don't know how deep <laughs> to go into this. So it's not yeah, really... Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, de- talking about dead cats was, like, awkward enough. Because, you know, people love cats. I think we all love cats mostly. And the internet says you can't fuck with cats, as we saw in that documentary. But, That's true. Um, yeah, no, I, I just I just thought I'd st- stick with that one. Like, I haven't actually paid attention if anyone's ever touched a trophy um, in any finals that I've ever seen. But you shouldn't do that. I think there's a definitely sort of a mental sort of obstacle that you want to put upon yourself of, like, I don't get to touch this until we win it sort of thing. That's um, to touch it. That's the only thing that I will ever remember about Ludovic Julie now is that he fucking touched the trophy <laughs> yeah. and he shouldn't have. Yeah, because he doesn't have enough highlights like Gattuso, where it's just like, well, he won quite a lot, so yeah, yeah, whatever. Maybe touching it once means that he wins like eight trophies after that or something. Yeah. So and, like, and didn't Julie go to Barcelona for like a couple of seasons as well? Off the back of this, I think he might have gone to Barca. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that he, and he wore number eight for them. I want to say because I um... think both of the teams got decimated um, in that '04 final. um, Ports obviously in in Monaco, definitely Mm -hmm. Monaco because I think Evra was there. Um, Plus, was was Drogba wasn't there? Was he a young Didier Drogba? Did he play? No, Drogba played for Saint Etienne or something. Marseille. Oh, Marseille. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, I thought he... Monaco. Okay. I think Monaco had uh, Fernando Marientes up front on loan. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and they also obviously it's that ever they had. Oh my God! There's someone else they had that I just. Dado Brissot. Was he from? Was he on Monaco? He scored like four goals or five goals against um, Deportivo, I think, in the group stages, and it's like the record for most amount of goals in one game in the Champions League. I'm... Oh wow. Yeah, then he went on to play for Rangers, I think, for like a couple of seasons or something. Hmm, I'm not too sure, but obviously I could tell you the Porto team was completely decimated inside out. Yeah. Because he up at Chelsea. Well, three of them. Was it Costinha, Carvalho, and Deco all went to Chelsea, is that right? Eventually, but not right away, because right away you've got Carvalho... Paulo Paulo Ferreira, Ferreira, yeah. and Manish went there, and then Deco oh, wow. comes in later on. Manish did, did, is one of my favorite players as well. <laughs> did Castinha go there, or did I make that up? Oh no, no, sorry. Castinha and Manish ended up playing in Russia together. I always get that confused ah, okay. um, yeah, later yeah. on as well. Um, but yeah, they did have Morientes up front, which is hilariously insane um, for Monaco. Um, yeah, a hey, lovely part of the world if you can live there. By the way, yeah, where. Because the, the, I did read interviews with Bernardo Silva being like, yeah, we're not even like the most rich, the richest or the most famous people in Monaco. So we got to get left alone because people aren't really into sports that much. I'm like, that must be such a lovely life for a footballer. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the dream. Yeah, especially because I watched the Maradona. I don't know if you've seen the Maradona documentary. Um, good God, that not. man was actually good like <laughs> oh um, i know yeah but the pressure this guy had from the argentinian fans and from the for the people over in napoli like you 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 can't put that much pressure on one human being um and i suppose that's why messi probably doesn't feel like he needs to play oh 
uh, needs to play anywhere. Sorry, I just I, something just caught my eye here because I'm looking at the 2004 uh, Monaco team. Emmanuel Adebayor was on the bench. Oh shit, that's fucking crazy. Are you crazy. fucking kidding me? He's still going today as well. Unbelievable. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Anyways, yeah. Um. Yeah. If if you. I mean, that that would be like. I don't, not that I'm the type of person that makes like you know suggestions, but if anyone is interested in a good documentary about football, please watch that Maradona one. It's fucking sick. I but, agree. Yeah. That was. <laughs> you, should, you should watch it first, but um, you know, um, I think it's it's worth it. It's very it's quite interesting because it's like there's Maradona, the person of the narrative, this fat, drugged up dude, and then there's like kind of the incidents, and you kind of think like I don't agree with everything that you did, but I do sympathize with you, which is yeah, quite cool. He's like a he's like the Scott Hall of football. He is. If Scott Hall cut cut in half <laughs> and ran really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> he's I mean, there. same hair, same vibe. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was so, all five of them. Jeez, that was uh actually like surprising. The the racing one in particular was very like I I, th- I just feel like with, without knowing the full extent of everything that's ever happened to that club, I, that feels very significant that they <laughs> yeah. actually went like dug up the thing, found yeah. the stuff, and then all of a sudden they win stuff. Because like it's no joke winning your first something in forty something years. You know what I mean? Like that's uh, that obviously takes a lot of. Um, like triumph and determination and, and like right. uh, and motivation and all of that so like you have to believe that somewhere down the line it at least played a part in the players minds yeah it had, had to and especially going coming off like such such like dark days as well mm. um and i bet you the second they won that title they must have formed a fucking human chain around the stadium to try and block anyone from putting anything underground yeah <laughs> like that would be the first thing everyone just stands looking around on the pitch like that cat what's going on over there like what's that guy up to he looks like he might be having a dead cat in his jacket keep an yeah. eye out like i think yeah they would have gone like or they would have been you know doing all these reverse cursors just in case um and it's not like you know it's not like when benfica didn't win the final they fucking dug up bella gutman because he was buried in the fucking stadium <laughs> like you know like it's <laughs> it's fucked up but the cats were actually there um it's, yeah. it's not just an urban legend which I, you know in a fucked up way i actually did enjoy that part as you said that part of the story because it's like okay there was stuff there it wasn't just like they say they buried a giant yeah, dragon under yeah. the stadium there but you'll never see it but it's there but you'll never see it but it's there um i kind of like that it was the cats when i love the fact that they found six and it was just like i bet they put like six near the corner flag and one wave in a yeah. random <laughs> spot in the middle of the fucking pitch as well so it's like you have to dig the whole thing up um but yeah um Football, I suppose, it is like a religion to a lot of people, and mm-hmm. it makes sense for people to, to kind of infuse witchery, uh, cursing, you know, we, we all, yeah. you know, everyone prays to God when someone's about to put, put, you know, put a penalty in sort of thing, and the players always thank God, and yeah, it, it, those things are forever intertwined, so I'm sure you could sit there and probably find a, a curse that you could argue works for your club and every other club that's ever yeah, yeah. ever existed. But... I, I do love, like, especially in UFC, where, like, I think, like, Max Holloway and, and John Jones, whenever they win, they're like, yeah, I got to thank God. God is the reason why I did all of this. It was all because of God. Like, <laughs> yeah, mate, don't fucking give yourself any credit. You did nothing here. God <laughs> let you do all of this. Yeah, like, at which point do, do, do you... 
So so every so the guy who lost is does, does God not care about him? Or about God yeah, did, did God just do five rounds with the Lionheart in the <laughs> yeah. main event? Because like, it's a bit oh, unfair. Because the other guy can go up to the commission and go, "Look, I didn't lose. I was fighting God, and I lost. Like I wasn't <laughs> fighting <laughs> John Jones. I was fighting God. Like what was I supposed to do?" Yeah. So now you know how yeah. uh, Vince and Shane McMahon felt. <laughs> yeah, for those people who don't know, Vince McMahon once had a match with his son as his tag team partner the product of a semen as he calls it called it at the time <laughs> against the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels sexy boy and god yeah yeah fucking and god. also for those of you who don't know uh, you can find out stuff like that by listening to WWP which will be linked in the description and <laughs> go subscribe to it also subscribe to my Age of Empires 2 channel <laughs> just because I fucking said so just do the triple subscribe this podcast, yeah. other yeah. podcasts, <laughs> AOE. Yeah. How 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 much like attention can you command from the listeners over the? I want you to click the sponsor link. I want you to click the subscriber button on these three channels. I want you to click the bell on every single one of them. Yeah, click the like button on at least three videos on on these three channels, and you know, do all that stuff. That Make be sure great. to leave comments. Make sure to do this. Um, yeah, yeah. I I um I recently watched a video with a completionist. Um. Uh, he went on a massive rant about how depressed he is about YouTube and the state of YouTube in 2020 because, yeah, it's just impossible to kind of determine what is algorithmable and followable and kind of transcend and they try different things. But, um, yeah, please let us know if you did like this episode of The Midnight Hour. That yeah, would be, be sick. Um... Yeah, it was a lot of fun, actually. I really fucking enjoyed this. My, I literally have a pain in, like, the very bottom part of my jaw from laughing. <laughs> my job here is done. Yeah. There you are. Um, but yeah, thanks, man. I hope you come back again. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll, I'll be around whenever some mad comes into my brain, which is usually <laughs> tw- twice a month. <laughs> yeah. But it's whether it's broadcastable is is the whole option. But no, no. Yeah. Always, always, always fun to be here and not just talk about um, pro wrestling because there's a whole big world out there sometimes. So, Amen, brother. Anytime. There are witch doctors in the old Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to all about. the witch. Oh, shout out to the witch doctors out there. You know who you are. Yeah. You know what you've done. <laughs>
smell your laughs, your cries, your smiles, your thoughts, your dreams, your tears, your fears, your walk. You're not without fault, and certainly nor me. You're the one with whom my imperfections fit perfectly. That's all it is. We're all crazy, but we won't admit the one is just the one you're comfortable to be crazy with. You put a spell on me. I've been watching a lot of time I've been watching lately as well. These Hollywood reporters where they get like comedians or actors all to just talk. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, one of them, the one I was watching more recently. Let me have a quick look. Uh, so this one was comedy actors. It was, hang on. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen, Jim Carrey, Don Cheadle, um, Henry Winkler, Ted Danson, and who have I missed? Have I missed someone? Uh, no, that's it. Um, oh, and Timothy Simmons. I think he's a good guy from, from Veep. Um, and then I watched the other one, which was... This is probably the, my favorite one I've seen so far. It was Adam Driver, Shia LaBeouf, Robert De Niro, Tom Hanks, and Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I watched that one. Yeah, that one's fucking sick. It's so good. I, I really don't understand the part where Robert De Niro just starts talking about <laughs> Donald Trump. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fucking question had nothing to do with I... it. He's just like, chaos, I'll tell you chaos. <laughs> there was a man in the White House right now. Okay, He's Robert, we're talking about your craft here. Because that was This it. guy's a gangster. <laughs> He's a gangster. It was so funny. Cause, yeah, cause I think it was Charlotte Booth was basically asked if he's ever intimidated by someone. 
Yeah, and he's yeah. like, well, Bob, obviously, because he's a fucking legend. He's like, well, you know, yeah, it is that. And we also got to not be intimidated by this guy in the White House. Then it comes to the I think his brain just went there. Because <laughs> I think this was during the time they're not feuding, but I think they're ch- exchanging little remarks. I think, obviously, Robert De Niro is, got, is on the record as saying he's not a fan. Oh, he literally can't do any interview without talking about yeah. him at all. Um, I suppose it's because, like, I don't know, it must be a thing where it's just like they're both from New York. He's probably yeah. They're seen. both and they're both specifically from Queens as well. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. And I think he's probably known of him and about him probably longer than most yeah, people. Definitely, definitely, and, yeah. and probably knows all like all the stuff that we all know. But he is probably like engraved in his head, and he doesn't really have to worry about anything else. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right that he just brought it up. I'm not being like yeah, and and they should all do oh. that, but. It just took. Yeah, that like I agree turn. with everything he said, but it's just like <laughs> I'm here, like I'm here to listen to you guys talk about like acting and stuff. Yeah, and it's just, how much you hate this guy, and then kind of this really awkward, isn't it? Because Adam Sandler's like, well, I don't know enough to even go and talk about it, and then you have everyone else being like, well, no, because what you can do is point towards things and people and ideas that you gravitate towards, and then they mm. kind of just got out of it, didn't they? By the end, but yes, yeah, it's a weird. I, I was watching it, being like, what was the question? Yeah, just, I know. He's just talking for a good five minutes about how much he hates this fucking guy. I thought um, Shia LaBeouf was really interesting on that. Like, I found him to be the one that I... Him and Jamie Foxx were both, like... They kind of brought the most amount of, like, substance to the table. Yeah. And I thought, like, Tom Hanks is such a fucking nothing man. Like, nothing he you don't like is him. interesting at all. No, I don't, it's not that I don't like him. Like, he's obviously a great actor. And he's not in bad movies. Yeah. Like, all of his movies are great, pretty much. Um, Good I just great, thought that in, that in that particular interview, he was just so dull. Like everything he said was just like yeah like you're, he's either repeating something that someone else said or else he's coughing over everything that jamie fox is saying oh yeah like he's, he's just like his comments were so pointless you know like yeah every, someone will say something like you know in like five sentences and tom hanks will go yeah that's right a shallow vessel like yeah, the commonality like, of the... a man in his just performance um yeah but yeah yeah, yeah. i kind of like hearing about like how because they feel like you know nervous and intimidated by movies and stuff like that so that was quite interesting um yeah but yeah i actually just been watching those so often that i'm like oh, yeah. this is so nice they're just talking like people and then you kind of think like fucking hell like these people much their whole lives are like an open book for us to say oh he's this and he's done this but like strip that away especially especially with Shia LaBeouf as well because not only has he been on TV a long time like he was obviously they even talked about it didn't they they're like yeah you were an yeah. institution how's that changed you it's like, yeah I know I that's know. that's what I and that's why he's the most interesting one because he's mm. so like he's got like all the same hang-ups that normal people like Adam Driver was very stoic and stuff and even though he said like yeah I was super nervous not he's still like He's so kind of... Um, He's army trained as well. Yeah, exa- yeah, disciplined. Like, he actually yeah. exhibits discipline while he's sitting there. and Like, he's just saying, like, yeah, I was very nervous. But, like, you can see in his eyes and stuff, like, he's just a very stoic person. Mm. I, I don't think that the nerves he experiences are quite anywhere near the level of, yeah. like, Shia LaBeouf, who's actually gone publicly insane, like, a bunch of times. And, yeah, proper breakdown. Uh, but I did, like, the thing that he said about, like... Um, learning to love your dad or something that he says is one of the things that he learned because it's kind of like you walk around with these shadows all your life you're carrying something and something else comes on top and something else comes on top that's when it feels like the room's getting smaller i don't know what to do everything's out of my control and it's just like trying to control 
everything. But there you are. Should we uh, get into it anyways? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Let's do it. Ranty no, no, rant. No, cool. I, um, yeah. <clears throat> it's it's also like it's good that I happened to watch that like quite recently as well. Same. Yeah. Mad that you uh, agree agree with that. So I'm mad that you actually know the because yeah the 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 Donald Trump bit obviously stuck in my head. I was like that is so weird, but. Yeah, but there you go. So fucking strange. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's another thing I want to talk about. Fat trip. Okay, but yeah, man. Like whenever you're ready, um, I get. I guess this is your podcast after all. Um, <laughs> you're damn fucking right. It is. Um, and I am. Nothing. It would serve you well to remember that. <laughs> yeah, please, please keep that in mind for the next hour and a half, mate. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. my show, and I. <laughs> I am the voice of midnight. I am the midnight voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. All right. Um, Safe. I'm just going to do like a cold opening because uh, I'm going to add a post, uh, like an intro in post because I want to shout out my AOE2 channel. Ah, okay, okay. Like, Hi, I have 25 subscribers and I would like some more, please. Yes, if we can get up <laughs> that, 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 that magical 30, guys, I'm talking about. I'm giving away $1,000 in Amazon code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we're the 27th follower, you lucky boy. Um, yeah, man, whenever you're ready. <laughs> yeah. That would be like, th- that's like such a weird, it would be very difficult to um, to research this, but imagine that as a topic, like the most disproportionately high prizes for like the lowest possible bar. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the 35th subscriber to this guy's channel got $1 million. <laughs> I just want to shout out the, uh, the, 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 let's say I've got 10 subscribers. If we can get to the magical 14, the 14 subscriber will never, ever have to pay another, for another meal in his life. I'm paying everything, yeah. right? <laughs> Please, please! I need to get fifteen people. Please. If you hit the like, if you're the sixth person to hit that like button, you're gonna get a brand new Lamborghini. All right, let's make it happen. <laughs> oh man, that would be so good. We should try and like. I don't know if there's even a way of researching that, but like, I I would very much be interested in figuring that out. That would be hilarious for sure. Do you um? Is your audio recording by the way? Uh. I want to say that it is because it does it even when I don't think it is. Yeah, is I'd quite, say it probably is. Quite scary. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I don't fucking know what, what I'm saying off mic here, you know? You know, what if yeah, I go, yeah, mate, give us a second and you just hear slightly off mic. Yeah. Fucking prick. Dan, listen to what this cunt hour. said. <laughs> <laughs> this cunt's still fucking talking. <laughs> fucking hell. And then, I'm the midnight hour. Me, Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the midnight hour. I am oh 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 o'clock. That's me. And then come back, come back. Yeah, sorry, mate. Well, where were you, were you up to then? <laughs> Unmute. Yes, Mr. Aldenero, your show. Correct. Oh yeah. Oh man, yes. I love your show, and it's your <laughs> yeah. show that I've mentioned. It's your show. I love your show. <laughs> it's amazing, and it's yours. And I don't want it. <laughs> oh fuck, my head is actually sore. <laughs> oh, this has already been nice for me. What a nice yeah. little clear-headed chat. But yeah, sorry, dude, as you were. All right, I'm literally just going to say welcome to the Midnight Hour, and that will be the start, because I'll have already done the intro, so... Am I just... Sorry if that's jarring. Are you introducing me, or am I just being like, yeah, yeah, as, as you were saying? Yeah, I'll, 
I'll see you were saying. So as you were saying, curses are tenfold. <laughs> like what? There is, there's a bit missing. It just opens up. So as I was saying, curses. Like, yeah. am I clicking halfway through this? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing about the Egyptian Bible is that it's just murdered all of these curses. So anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, it's like 10 seconds in and he's summarizing stuff. Okay. Um, anyways, yeah, go for it. Just go as All you right. are. 